more than 6,500 Palestinians have been killed in Gaza since Israel's retaliation for the October 7th terrorist attack by Hamas. We are now 19 days into the Israel-Hamas war. Joining us to talk about the latest developments is Elliot Tepper, Distinguished Senior Fellow at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University. Good morning, Elliot. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you. Good morning, Sue. Appreciate it. Sounds like Israel's ground offensive really starting to ramp up in an attempt to root out any and all Hamas members. Is it actually possible to destroy this terrorist group, Elliot? Uh, that's uh, something that uh, I think Hamas is very concerned about at the minute. Yeah, we should stand back a second and remind ourselves of what's happened here. A terrorist group has committed a terrorist act on Israelis uh, in, a, in a horrific fashion. I'd like to just link this a bit with Ukraine as well, because mm-hmm. uh, we, I've got a quote here from President Zelensky, who immediately said, terror is always a crime, not just against a specific country or terror's victims, but against humanity in general and our entire world. In the face of such a terrorist strike, everyone who values life must stand in solidarity. And that kind of graciousness also lifts this up into a broader context of terrorism uh, is an attack on democracies everywhere. And we've just had a this is part of a column here from the Globe and Mail saying that the um, cohesion between terrorist groups and the people attacking uh, Ukraine, that's, it's, it's growing closer and closer. So there's an overlap there. What's happened, as we know, is this terrible attack. But what we're seeing today is the logical unfolding of the results of that attack. And that was planned, pre-planned. What we're seeing in front of us is very much part of the long-standing Hamas strategy they attack, they embed their people in hospitals and in schools and in, under mosques and all in the civilian population, using human shields, therefore, uh, to uh, ward off the responsibility for their actions and counting on the humanitarian crisis which follows to put pressure on Israel, basically to let Hamas off the hook. And, you know, Israel has to stop. Now it's not about Hamas and terrorism, it's about Israel and humanitarian goals. So we are witnessing a downstream planned strategy by Hamas. Can Israel go in and root them out, you ask, Sue? This is a, uh, a change in Israeli strategy. It had been, until now, we'll manage the Hamas, Hamas uh, periodic incursions into Israel and their attacks on Israel. But uh, we're going to mow the lawn, as they say. We'll degrade their capacity to attack again after this clearly blatant, horrific, barbaric, we have to think in terms of ISIS here, this ISIS-style attack on Israel. Uh, Now the goal is indeed to go in and remove them root and branch. Can it be done? Um, Not without enormous cost on the Israeli side, on the other side as well. But there is great determination that Hamas will no longer be able to do what they have done repeatedly now and uh, most demonstrably in this terrorist attack. Elliot, now we're hearing word out of Gaza that uh, looks like the hospitals are going to need to to shut down due to a lack of fuel and supplies. Can we underscore the potential humanitarian consequences if if there are no access to hospitals in that area? Yes, quite clearly. This, this This is part and parcel of the Hamas strategy to be sure that humanitarian results are so horrific that that's what we're talking about justifiably. These are essentially Hamas is using the entire Gaza Strip 
as human shields and indeed human sacrifices. Uh, there's little evidence to, to show that Hamas really cares about those hospitals other than, other than as uh, a way to pressure Israel because, as Israel just pointed out, Hamas has stockpiled a lot of oil. They've stockpiled everything you need to keep all those hospitals and things going, but refused to provide it because that doesn't serve their political ends. So it's, Hamas does not seem to care about the people of Gaza. They just care about their own ends. And yes, and what's unfolding is just an unspeakable tragedy uh, on all sides. And on that note, what are some of the economic impacts that this war is having in the region? Uh, well, if this spreads into a wider war, it's going to, which is very, very possible, then it will have enormous economic impacts. Uh, right now, in terms of Israel, it's got to have an economic impact because this this army that they muster is really this is a reservist army, and so the economy of Israel is pretty well shut down as they have to keep their uh, their reserves now pulled off from the economic side. But if this spreads further, uh, how can I put this? I'm not as concerned as others are that oh this is now going to involve Iran, and that's going to have economic implications. Yes, it might involve Saudi Arabia. That might have economic implications. But the implications, more fundamentally, are political. Uh, if Iran is off the oil market because they're embroiled in a war with Israel and the United States and the West and NATO, perhaps, then that's really the big story. There's going to be economic and political ripple effects of Hamas being an ISIS organization that attacked uh, and butchered Israelis. We are going to all be paying a cost in some way. The minor cost to us will be the economic ripple effect. The major cost is on the people of the region. Speaking this morning with Elliot Tepper, Distinguished Senior Fellow at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University. In Elliot, uh, we're still hearing that do diplomacy is, is trying to be ironed out to try and uh, work things out. Is there, in your opinion, any chance whatsoever that the Israeli forces do not move in on the ground? Apparently, the Israelis have a strategy, a three-part. I don't have the words exactly in front of me, but they're saying basically we're going to use our air force to do a lot of the work, phase one. Phase two, we will go in and do some mopping up operations, which means, yes, a ground invasion specifically aimed at Hamas. And then three, uh, how, how is this war going to end? Then Israel wants not to ever govern Gaza again, but they do want to have uh, security zones. Right now, Egypt is always going to be looked to as the final mediator here. There's a lot going on behind the scenes on two fronts. One is primarily on the hostage situation, what can be done there. So the Qataris who have been funding Hamas and continue to house the leadership of Hamas, uh, they're very active and dribbling out a few hostages at a time, I think, to delay the the ground war by, uh, by Israel. But uh, Turkey has also been... A supporter of Hamas and, and has their leadership every now and then uh, housed with them. Turkey wants to play a role in all this. Egypt and Jordan are very, very active because they are uh, directly affected by this. A lot is going on behind the scenes, but the, but the battlefront is where the action is right now.
Elliot, we talked off the top about, you know, the world's coming together to fight against Hamas, much like ISIS at the time. Is that, you know, we're hearing reports that the U.S. Treasury is now going to target Hamas's finances. Does that impact this conflict or will they just find the money elsewhere from those that you just mentioned are, are you know, helping Hamas from the sides? Yes. Uh, the two main funders so far of Hamas that we're aware of primarily is Iran and and the Qataris and the Qataris have cut back recently on their paying of the bureaucrats uh, the bureaucrats were supposed to be running the you know the looking after the governance of Gaza and now Hamas is boasting that that was all just uh, duplicity they were lulling everybody into thinking they wanted to govern rather than commit terror so they could prepare for this terrorist act we don't know all of the ripple effects of this where the money is going to be coming from. This has been, if you want to frame it in this fashion, a great victory for Iran at the cost of the people of, of the region. Uh, this is being framed, I was on air shortly after, after this was unfolding, and said, this looks like an Iranian operation. There was momentum building to uh, have Saudi Arabia with the U.S. normalize relations with Israel, and that would have a transformative effect Iran wanted to head that off, so they released uh, this attack through, uh, through their proxies in Gaza, their Islamic Jihad being one of them, too, along with Hamas. And it was brilliantly successful, but as part of that, the Saudis were supposed to do a lean on Israel to do something really dramatic in favor of the Palestinians. All of that's off, the, all of that's off now. So the, um, the regional implications of this are, are, are horrific. Cutting off the funding from Hamas might be very, very difficult as long as states like Turkey and certainly Iran and as well we know the Qataris, but also they can raise money, uh, they can raise money privately. There's a lot of support saying, well, well, they're, they're just a resistance organization. Uh, our own secretary, our own minister of defense, just, Mr. Blair, just came out and said, this is a terrorist organization and uh, stopped treating them like they're just some other resistance organization. So I think humanitarian aid does have to come into Gaza. Money has to come into Gaza, but not go to Hamas. And yeah. that's a very the issue. Uh, tricky proposition. Thank you so much for your insight this morning, Elliot. We appreciate your time. Well, it's so complicated and so yeah. horrific. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That is uh, Elliot Tepper, Distinguished Senior Fellow, Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University.